All right. Well, let's get into the word this morning. Before we get into it, we're just going to pray. Is that cool? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you, Father, there is no source of truth in this world except through your word and through the work of your Holy Spirit. And so we come to the source of all truth, the wellspring of life, a fresh spring. And we look to be informed, we look to be change, we look to be rebuked if required and encouraged and reminded and all the things that you do through your Holy Spirit. We ask that this morning that our hearts would be open. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that anything that is not of you would, would float away. But what is good seed will take deep root in our hearts and in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Over the last month or so, we've been looking at the values of our church because it's good at the start of the year to go, what are we about? What are we trying to achieve here? What has God called us to? We should have that sort of perspective in our own lives, but also that direction as a congregation, as a group of people that follow Jesus. So we've been looking at our values, our vision, which is a picture of the future of where we want to go. We want to see people connected to Christ. We want to see people empowered in their purpose. Julian talked about how we want to provide opportunities for people to learn and to grow in. If you don't know uh, what, uh, how to do what you are passionate about, we want to be on that journey of training people up. Many of the people that you see standing up here were trained in this house. We want to be a place of empowerment because every single person that walks into church that has the Holy Spirit within them has been given a gift by God so that we can all enjoy it. And we want to be a family. This place is not just a place that you attend. This is a group of people that you belong to. This is the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We belong to one another. And then we looked at, uh, at our values, which is uh, our cultural values, which is really uh, how we do things, how we think, who we are. And look up, putting Christ at the center, leaning in, being a community, reaching out, not thinking just about ourselves, but reaching, going beyond. And today I want to talk to you about a really practical aspect of our culture, which is really important for each and every one of us, and that's expand. Why don't you turn to someone and say, I want to expand. Now, um, that could be taken in a very wrong way for some of us. I know what you were thinking. That's not what I meant, <laughs> okay? I meant in your lifestyle and who you are, um, I hope that you want to experience God more. I hope that you want to be a greater blessing to the people among you. I hope that you want to enjoy and succeed at life. I hope that you want to be a witness to the goodness of God in a greater way than what you are now. I hope that. 
I hope that you're not happy with just where you are and saying this is where I will be for the rest of my life. I hope that you want to change and when you expand and you want to have a greater capacity in your life. I really do. Because I believe that God is a God of expansion. Now, I want to read a scripture. Our key verse today is Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. And it says this. He told them another parable. These are the words of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Everyone say seed. Which a man took and planted in his field. Everyone say planted. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of all garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. I want you to think about what Jesus is saying here. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God comes to us in seed form. Sometimes we would like to see it fully developed and everything that it can be right away. Can I get an amen? I, um, I, I always wanted a lemon tree. I, love le- I, would all, I would love to walk into my backyard, grab a lemon, pick it, and walk inside. I, just lo- I would love to have a lemon tree. I do not have the patience to plant a lemon seed and wait for it to grow. Like, it will die, right? I am, I am not a green thumb. I know what will happen, so why bother spending the time and then having it die? But, some, but we, we sometimes can like the end product, but we're not willing to plant the seed. So I want to start this morning by talking about the principle of the seed. Our God-given destiny is given to us in seed form. It's not fully developed yet but it has all the DNA of what it could be. Given the right conditions and the amount of time, patience, it will end up being everything that it can be. But it comes to us, God's word, God's kingdom, God's destiny in our life comes to us in seed form. If we are willing to build the right conditions around it and give it time, it will be something quite amazing. How long did that farmer have to wait for that mustard seed to grow? I don't know how long a mustard seed takes to grow, but a mustard seed is absolutely tiny. It's about this big. And to be a tree that is big enough to have birds to come sit on it, I don't know how long does that take? Does it take five years? Ten years? Maybe a hundred? I do not know. I'm not, like I told you, I'm not a green thumb. I'm not a horticulturist. I can't even say the word. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm not those people who grow things. Um, But our destiny comes to us in seed form. Let me give you an example. Maybe you want to buy your own house. A good start to that is to save, start saving for a deposit. Now, maybe you put $200 away this week. I'm just saying, 200 bucks. $200 is not going to get you a house, FYI. But $200 over a whole year, that's 10 grand. Over two years, that's 20. All right, now you're starting to get somewhere. It's the right seed. It's the right DNA to say, I'm going to start saving. And that mentality of saving will snowball and maybe get a pay rise. And and then you have the right DNA. And without starting somewhere in seed form, you don't get to purchase a house. All right? 
Or maybe you want to be a professional sportsman or sportswoman. The right DNA starts when you go to training. Now, going to training is not going to make you a pro sportsman or sportswoman. But it's the right DNA. That's where the hard work and dedication and all that stuff starts to happen. Maybe you want a great relationship with someone or in your family, with your kids or with your parents. Is that locked away? Is time locked away in your calendar for that? Because that's where it starts. That's where the DNA starts. It comes to us in seed form if we are willing to give it the right environment, if we are willing to give it time, it can grow into something incredible, but do, are we cultivating the right DNA? Are you with me? Yeah. Our destiny comes to us in seed form. We want to see it all fully formed. We want to see that house. We want to see that tree. We want to see that relationship, but are we willing to take what we have in that seed form and give it the care that it needs? In a world full of, you know, afterpay, Zip pay. You know, back in my day, we just called it lay-by. Do you remember that? Who remembers that? No, no. All right. The rest of you are too young to remember lay-by. But the idea was, well, lay-by was different. But in this world, we can be tricked into thinking that we can get something now and we don't really have to pay for it. No, you're paying for it. You're paying for it some way. You're paying for it in interest. It's coming to you. There's no such thing of get now and grow later. Our destiny comes to us in seed form. If we do not understand that, we miss out on the great things of, that God wants to do because some of us are waiting for God to do and move th in, in things in our lives, but he has already put them there. If we could understand that it's with us in seed form and we need to develop that. A good, productive, satisfying, God-filled life comes in seed form. And so does an anxious, fearful, unproductive, lazy life. A lifestyle of neglect. Just one act of waste or lust or greed. Acted upon again and again and again. Cultivates a different type of growth in our life which you do not want. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 to 9 says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do we understand this principle? Our destiny, all the good things that we want in our lives, in our relationships, in our finances, in our devotion to God, in all these valuable aspects of life are in our lives in seed form if we were to cultivate it and take care of it. Now, I know you're probably wondering, what in the world is this, right? Um, well, I'm using this as a sermon illustration. It's not a new set that we decided to, to put up every Sunday, even though I was going to tell you that. But I want you, you to pretend for a second that this here represents your life, represents who you are, 
represents your ability to expand and become everything. You know, it's not fully, it's not all the way there. It's halfway expanded. And I want to suggest to you that there are four pillars that we need uh, uh, as, as people in our lives to expand. Four pillars, four areas that we need to make sure that we are cultivating these seeds, these seeds of destiny in our life, all right? So I want to suggest to you that the four things are, number one, now there may be more, but I want to suggest that these are four incredibly important, if not the most important. Uh, the first one is your devotion and spirituality, okay? So I'm going to say that this is a pillar that holds up the house. The next is health, all right. The next is, and you can yell it out if you can read it. Can you read it? Very good. All right, you can read it. I'm going to put it down here so you can see it. And the final one here, finance, money. You guys need that green stuff? Yeah, yeah, we all need it, right? Now, I'm going to call this the roof, if you like. I'm going to call it kingdom life. I'm going to call this who God has called you to be. All right? This is everything that God has called you to be in his kingdom, in his purpose, in his will for your life. You with me? All right. Now, here's the thing. All these are absolutely really, really important. What would happen if I were to take a chainsaw and cut one of these pillars off? What would happen? Well, Jonathan would be very, very annoyed because he lent me this. Um, but apart from that, and I was, I was actually thinking about you know, bringing in a saw and just you know, freaking him out a little bit, but I won't do that. But if I were to do that, what would happen to this, this gazebo? It would fall over. It would become unstable, right? When one of these issues, I see so many people that, have, that are trying to live and be everything that God has called them to be, which is awesome. But there is one aspect of their life which is really struggling and they are not investing in. There is some aspects of, of maybe finance. They, they're in debt. They're struggling to meet their financial commitments. It's very hard to be everything that God called you to be when you have something like that on your shoulders. Or maybe there's a relationship issue. Or maybe there's a financial issue. Or maybe that, you know, we haven't got ourselves organized so we can have that devotional time with God. You know what I'm speaking about? I'm just getting really practical here. I... Um, I was at a pastor's meeting uh, uh, last year, and there was a uh, pastor from the UK sharing a little bit about uh, his story. And he was saying that uh, he, he was uh, invited to a soccer match, big, big deal, you know, in, in the UK, a soccer match. And he was uh, invited by a friend of his who was a billionaire, and he invited him to a, a box seat, a corporate box, uh, with other billionaires. So he's hanging around with these guys who are literally multi-billionaires. And he, he was telling us, you know, this is how rich they were. One guy just made a hundred thousand pound bet on who would score the first goal, all right? 
and it came off. He won. He won like one, a million pounds or something, right? But he did that every game. And most of the time he lost. So this is like, these are billionaires. And he was saying, you know, they were, were talking about their yachts and their lives. And he's like, I can't, I, you, know, you know, I can't relate to these people. I have nothing to talk about. But then he started talking. He, he somehow changed the uh, conversation from what they had to about family because then he could relate. He had a family as well. And the billionaires, person after person, started talking about how the kids don't talk to them, how they've had multiple divorces, and, you know, they, they're miserable at home. Their relationships were, 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 crushing, were crushing them. You can't live a fully productive... Just say, just say I grabbed one, uh, the finance thing, and I tried to expand that out, but these were, were still where they were. What would happen? This wouldn't expand out. Because you can't be everything you can be by taking one aspect of your life and expanding it all the way out while leaving the rest and neglecting the rest. Am I making sense? So I see so many Christians that are not looking and not taking the principles of the Word of God and applying it in seed form to all aspects of their life. And they want to follow God wholeheartedly, but there is something that is holding them back. Something either relationally or in terms of our health or, or, or our devotion, how we organize our lives. And if we're going to expand, we've got to take the Word of God and apply that holistically to our lives. Now, what I'm not saying, let me clarify here, what I'm not saying is that, you know, uh, when there are things that are wrong in our lives, that they are completely our fault, there's stuff that happens, Right? Health issues happen that, that are out of our control. We get made redundant. Has that happened to you? It's happened to me. You know, the, the economy falls over. I've, been, I've lived through the global financial crisis. I'm an engineer, and um, I remember being made redundant and calling up all my friends going, hey, uh, I've just been made redundant. I need a job. What's, what's going on? And they're like, man, we're letting people go. We're not even sure if we, 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 we will have jobs by the end of the day. It was just crazy. It was a bloodbath in the industry. And so things happen, but we got to ask ourselves, are we cultivating the seeds that God has given us to be everything that we can be? Are we asking God to bless us and provide for us financially, but we're maxing out those credit cards and eating out too much? I just hurt someone. I just put my finger right where it hurts. Some people are just squirming here. Are we asking God to fix a relationship, but we are not willing to take the time to invest money into that counseling that's required so it can grow? Do we want to be healthy, but we also want more cake? You know what I mean? You know that like mud cake heated up in the microwave for 30 seconds with dollop cream. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's, you know, chicken wings. You know, some of us, we, I, I, I was thinking about this. I said, God, is not fair. Everything that is bad for me to eat, I love. I love. I love deep fried. I love this fatty meat. You know, I love all that stuff. I love cake, you know. Um, and so, so I, 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 there are things that will happen to us in our lifetime that we have no control about, but are we cultivating the seeds that God has given to us so we can live an expansive life? 
Are we looking after our relationships, our finances, uh, our, our devotion and spirituality and our health? Because it's really hard to serve God wholeheartedly and live an expansive life when we are struggling in one of these areas, right? I'm just getting really practical. Sometimes we're fasting and praying, and God wants us to take a step of faith and do what he's told us to do, right? To be really practical in the areas and to obey his word. So we talked about the seed, the principle of the seed. We talk about cultivating what God has given us. I want to talk to you. I'm going to take a sidestep and talk about something uh, that it may seem has nothing to do with anything. But I want to talk for a second about idolatry. And you're like, what in the world does that have to do with this? Let me explain. Let me explain. In Romans chapter 1, verse 25, it says this. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped the served. They worshiped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever. Amen. When you, when you go tra traveling overseas through India or other places in Asia, um, particularly, what you're going to see is temples and you're going to see idols, literal idolatry. And a lot of them are going to be uh, based on animals and uh, figures of, you know, half men and uh, half, half animal and things like that, right? That's idolatry and that's what we've come to be used, uh, used to understanding as idolatry and people worshipping the sun and the moon and, and different pagan religions uh, throughout time that were idolatrous. But the idea behind idolatry is always the same. The pattern is this, that God gives us something and instead of honoring Him for it, we, we, we start to worship the very thing that he gave us we worship the created rather than the creator we worship the gift rather than the giver so what does that look like in our lives there are things that god gives us he gives us the ability to build wealth he gives us the ability to have great relationships he gives us the ability to to take care of our body so that we could be uh, be productive in our body, but what can happen is something like this. We could take one of these good things, and let's just use this one as an example, and we can make our life about it. And our relationship with God becomes something to support and say, God, will you bless me so I can get more of that? That is idolatry. It's the purpose of your life becomes, becomes not God, but something else. And Jesus has some really strong words about this. He says, you know, you can't serve both God and money, right? You, you, where your heart is, uh, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Now, money is a very valuable, useful commodity that can help you expand and do what God has called you to do in a greater extent, but it can also become the purpose of your life. It can also be, you know, we can get that mentality, God, I want you to bless me because I want more of this. I want more of this. And your life is really not about living the fullness of the kingdom of God. It's about living so you can get more of this. Or... Here's another one. God is about uh, 
Maybe there's uh, something we really want. We want him to fix or we want him to provide a particular relationship, a special someone. And we're seeking God so much for this that this becomes our focus and not the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is like a support so we can get the desires of our hearts. And what we've done is we've taken something great, created by God, and made it the purpose of our life. And we're saying, God, come on, hurry up and help this happen. That's idolatry. Even health. By the way, Jesus says, if you love your mother, father, brother, sister, more than me, you're not worthy of me. He sorts this out. He's sorting out idolatry. These are good things. Relationships are great. Family is great. You know, having, having um, God provide your life partner is great. But these are all things to help us to live a kingdom life, an expansive kingdom life. And as soon as they become the purpose, we've lost our perspective. We're becoming people of idolatry rather than using these great gifts to serve and to honor the giver. We can do this, even health. You know, where... You know, we live in a fitness uh, crazy world, which is, which is, for the most part, a really good thing because when I was growing up, no one really talked about fitness. But fitness can become, in and of itself, not a servant to help you be everything you can be, but the purpose of life itself, to look a certain way, to be accepted in a certain group. And... You know, even, even when it comes to that point where, you know, we're believing for God to heal our bodies. Can we look to him and say, God, you know, uh, no matter what, I'm going to serve you even though I am not healed yet. Right? Because you are my God. Not, not my health. Not my finances. Not my relationships. Not even my ministry. Because ministry can become an idol in and of itself. But... I'm going to use all these great gifts in their place, their right place, so I can be everything that you've called me to be. Amen? Now, while I was speaking, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit pointed at something in your life. He certainly has in mind, constantly, that we may have slightly out of kilter. And what, what do you do? What do you do? In a message like this that is really practical, we can sometimes walk away thinking, I've got to do more. I've got to get this stuff sorted out. And maybe there are some, you know, decisions we need to make and practical steps that we need to take, sure. But what I actually want you to get out of this is not so much what you need to do, but who God wants to make you. Who God wants to make you. Sometimes the bird, we all know what we need to do. <laughs> the problem is not, not knowing. The problem is, is that we don't have the motivation. We all know if we had to write down everything that we need to be doing, for the most part, not, not everything, but, you know, because we do grow in understanding. But for the most part, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we're not doing that we know we should be. Like in, in our devotion. There's, there's, there's like 0% chance we are all happy exactly where we are in our devotion. In our health, in our relationships, in our finances. We all know that there are ways that we could be 
using the resources, the gifts that God has given us in a better way so we can be more expansive, right? And I don't want to be a person that lays guilt upon people. I mean, I don't want, I don't want you to come and audit my life and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Mind your own business. <laughs> so with the danger is, is when we talk about these sort of things that we step away from this going, ah. but I want to talk to you about the grace of God. I want to talk to you about the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you not about what we need to do and what we're not doing. I want to talk to you about who he's making us and how he's transforming, transforming us through the work of his spirit upon our hearts. I want to talk to you about the gospel that has transformed me and changed me and made me who I am so that I do not need to feel guilty, need to feel worried about what I have and haven't done, that I can walk in the fullness of God knowing that through his spirit that even in the areas that I don't have the power to change, that he is working in, him, in my life to bring transformation more into the likeness of Jesus so he can fill me. He can fill me with the fullness of God and what he has called me to do. So I can live an expansive life. I don't want people walking out of here going, oh man, can't do that. I want to, I want to go to the gospel. I want to go to the gospel of Jesus Christ. For all have sinned. We've all done wrong. We've all, even in the areas that we understand how we should act, we have fallen. We haven't reached the place that we know we should be. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And all of that, all of that, you know, falling short of the glory of God is falling short of the, uh, the, the expansiveness of our lives to display who God is. We were meant to be connected with Him. We were meant to receive from Him. We were meant to be able to uh, receive his love, his peace, his joy, and to, then to be a conduit of that into the world. And our expansive life is, is meant to be a, a picture of God. Think about this. Think, think about what Jesus, who Jesus was. Jesus said, unless, a, unless a, uh, a piece of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does that, if it falls into the ground and it dies... It produces much fruit, many, many more pieces of wheat. Who was he talking about? He was talking about himself. Because until, unless I die, I'm going to remain alone. But if I do that, the right DNA, the right stuff, and here we are 2,000 years later, billions of people across the world today are going to be doing exactly what we're doing. Why? Because taking that right DNA giving it into the will and the purpose of God is going to produce much fruit over time. All right? And the gospel is this, that where we fail to display the glory of God, Jesus has taken all of that upon himself. He has forgiven all of that, and he has given us his Holy Spirit to bring change and transformation so we can step into the wholeness of who he called us to be. The full expansion does not come through works now. It comes through faith. It comes through faith. I'm going to step into everything. I'm going to step into my future in faith. I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to, when he asked me to, to take care of this part of my life, either my relationships or pay attention to my finances or pay attention to my, uh, my spiritual aspects of things or, uh, or, or even my health 
or any other number of aspects of your life that He has called you to. I'm going to walk in obedience because I know He's trying to expand me. He's trying to make me something more than what I am. See, by yourself, you're, you're, you're a pretty impressive person. You're a great woman. You're a great man. You have great potential. But you know what something amazing is? Is that with the Holy Spirit within you, you're not just a woman. You're not just a man. You're God's woman. You're God's man. You're, you're, you, you, that's the right DNA. And that nurtured over time brings transformation to this world, brings change. That's what Jesus did. One guy, one man with the right stuff transformed this world. 2,000 years later, we are here this morning honoring him, saying, God, we want more of that in our lives. I'm believing for my life, for a great expansive life. I believe that my life is absolutely awesome. My future is absolutely awesome because, not because I'm awesome, <laughs> not because I have the ability to make sure that all my cultivating is right, but because my faith is in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And maybe some people are thinking, oh, I wish I did this and I wish I did that and I wish I knew then what I know now. And uh, we all have those stories, right? <laughs> Every single one of us. But what we have is an opportunity right now to say, God, I'm going to walk in obedience to you. I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to accept your forgiveness. I'm going to align myself with your purpose. I'm going to receive your love. I'm going to receive your presence. I want to give us a moment to respond to the message and what God may have said to you this morning. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to take a moment. A moment to, uh, to put ourselves before God. And to make some decisions. Maybe make some confession. But I want to encourage you to ask. Maybe there is uh, some forgiveness to ask for. There is freedom from sin at the cross. Maybe there is some direction that you need to ask for. Maybe you know what you need to do, but there's strength that you need to ask for. Let's ask. With everyone just staying in a moment of quietness and um, respecting each other, I, I want to give you an opportunity if you're here this morning and something has spoken deep into your heart and you you've not accepted the forgiveness of Jesus but there's something within you right now that's saying yeah I know I know I missed the mark I know I'm a sinner I know I'm in need of a savior I
I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want to follow him. I know I'm in need of forgiveness. I need his Holy Spirit in my life. I want to live not an idolatrous life, which is putting things and what a culture worships at the head of my life. I want, to, I want to put his purpose, his will, to bring him glory at the head of my life. If, if that's you, uh, I want to invite you to make this decision to follow Jesus with all your heart. And in just a second, I want to offer you, I want to give you the opportunity just to raise your hand and that's so I can find you after church and pray with you. If that's you saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, why don't you just raise your hand right now and put it down. If there's anyone here. Thank you, Father. God, we recognize your presence. We, we recognize your power to bring transformation. And this morning, I pray that, well, as we talk about expansion, the heart of expansion, I pray that our church will be a place of empowerment so that people would, would, find, would find encouragement, Lord, in the practical aspects of their life, Father. So what the enemy uses, Father, to hold back our capacity to represent God in this world in our finances or our relationships or our health or in other ways, Father, that would be demolished and this church would be a place of empowerment so that people can be everything that you've called them to be. They can be truly free, truly filled with joy, truly filled with peace, truly experience the love of God and their gifts unleashed upon this world so that a hurting world may receive more of what we have, the forgiveness, love, acceptance of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us during the day, during the week, would guide, warn, rebuke, encourage, pull out the wrong thoughts, remind us of the right stuff. God, because we're like sheep. All of us have gone astray. But you've called us back home, called us to the arms of a Savior, and you are leading and guiding. I pray for those, Lord, who struggle with anxiety or fear or worry, whose minds speculate. I pray, Father, that you would help us to rein that in, to experience Jesus, to know his strength. For you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. I thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, amen. 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 Guys, thank you so much for being with us today. If you need prayer for anything, we do have a trusted group of people that will be here to pray with you. Um, some of our elders. So don't leave this place without being prayed for if you would like prayer for anything. Um, we have a welcome pack for our visitors. Please don't leave this place. We've got a free coffee and uh, stuff for you. And if you want to know anything more about the life of our church, please talk to myself, one of our leaders. We'd love to hang out. Be blessed. Have a great day. 
and we will see you very, very soon.